You will, I trust. Excuse me that I do not join you. But I have already died. And I never drink. Why? Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Ah, it's good to be back. It is. It's good to be back. Talking about the Drac. <laughs> A whole new miniseries, Greg. A whole First miniseries new, of the year. new miniseries. Uh, yeah. And if you don't like vampire movies, well. We'll see you in six you weeks. will by the end of this. Oh. Yeah, oh, no, we've got to keep him in. We've got to keep him in. You will by the end of this. Yeah. So we've got six movies. With is it six? Five. We've got four so far. Yeah, and um, jump on the socials and have a vote because we've opened up the last slot for you, our friends of the shows, to vote. So whichever show gets the most votes, whichever film gets the most votes, we will cover in our fifth vampire app. Yeah. I think we'll take some inspo from our old mate movieverse and maybe do a bracket mm. through our stories, this or that, mm. down to final elimination over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So keep an eye out. Shout out to movieverse. Yeah, shout out to movieverse. So we're going to be talking a lot about drinking blood, but before yeah. we get into that, I want to give a little plug, if I could, mm. to of course. my mate's Little brother, Maxi Gooden, and his pals over at Framer, mm. um, which is a hard seltzer. So, you know, this is my segue of drinking blood. This is not blood. This is seltzer. Yeah. But it is all natural, like blood. Uh, sugar-free, gluten-free, <laughs> 84 calories per can. It comes in two delicious flavors, lime and cucumber and watermelon. I ordered myself some of the lime and cucumber. It's absolutely delicious. Perfect for hot Aussie summer days like today. You could probably have one at 9.43 in the morning. I don't have one open now, but maybe I should. It's 12.43 somewhere. It's 12.43 somewhere. Uh, that's right. And, mate, they are delicious and it's quite a cool concept they've come up with. So the name Framer mm. is because on each of the varieties they have collabed with a local artist, two local artists, to uh, design the imagery on the can. Oh, I like this. And 5% of all the proceeds of each flavour then goes to that respective artist. So they'll do more collabs with more artists as, th- as things progress. So it's a really cool concept. It's um, supporting the arts community. It's a delicious drink. It's, it's, it's pretty healthy as far as booze goes. It's a, a fraction of the calories mm. of a beer. Hell yeah. So go and grab some. I think they're only available in Australia for the time being. So Aussies oh. get around it, you know, support a couple of young Aussie Folk having a crack and it's uh, and it's delicious. So get around it. Yeah, it sounds refreshing. It is refreshing. I'm down. But we're not here to talk just about Framer. No, we're here to talk about vampires. I know where the bastard sleeps. What language are you speaking? And we're we're starting with a fairly, well, would you call this a fairly traditional take on on the drag? I think so. I guess the intent here was to sort of set a bit of a baseline because this is maybe the most uh, 
True. That's the word. True to true to the text of oh, Dracula. Yeah. Not the first vampire story necessarily, but the big one that's in canon, I suppose. And so from here, we establish a baseline, Greg. Mm. And over the next few weeks, we explore different twists on this similar mythology. Mm. How have they twisted it? How, what have they done? How have they added to the lore? Have their contributions stuck around or have they simply fluttered away like a movie that's best left in the past? Mm. We'll soon find out. This is our mission. Yes, it is. So thank you for being with us on this journey. What I would say is that before we get into that. Yes. Probably going to give a little member berry. It's 1992. Oh, yeah, 92. A well, what a year. A, a well covered year, well trodden year <laughs> by the Double Impact uh, pod. Seems to be our sweet spot. Yeah. yeah and guess <laughs> guess what year next week movie, next week's movie came out? 92. 92. Fuck, really? That's interesting in and of itself. That's right. Maybe we'll save that for next week. Yeah. So uh, it's a musical berry which I know you like, and mm. I don't know if I've done this one My already. Favorite. I'm getting a bit confused, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> 1992 was the year of the release of the highest ever grossing or selling, I should say. Maybe there's a difference. Who knows? I don't know. Mm. Highest selling live album. Interesting. Live recorded album. Live recorded album. All right, what could it be? Elton John? Eric Clapton's Unplugged. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Eric Clapton reminds me of uh, Gary Oldman in many ways. Yeah, there you go. That's interesting. <laughs> Cut from the same cloth. You were referencing Cream a moment ago, so that's quite uh, serendipitous that we're talking about Eric Clapton's Unplugged. Yeah. This, well, okay, so this came out obviously in 92, was huge. So wait, so we're talking we're talking the, the acoustic Layla. This was the arrival of that. Yeah, I was a, I frosted yeah. this back in 92. Fuck, it's good, man. So much so that it's I asked <clears throat> my brother, I think my parents were asking, what does Greg want for his birthday, you know, trying to make it a surprise. Yeah. And he's like, oh, one of the things I wanted was Eric Clapton unplugs it, and they're like, Eric Clapton? I don't think it's a strange request for a 10-year-old boy. Anyway. Once he was Dracula on Laserdisc. Yeah, yeah. I had to, yeah. <laughs> but I love this album. It was amazing. Yeah, it's good. And it's like Eric Clapton is, he's up there, man. Fuck yeah, he is. When you're talking greatest guitarists, he's in that conversation. I think Rolling Stone has his number two behind uh, Jimi Hendrix. Most of those lists he's sort of. You know, him, Jimmy Page, Hendrix, B.B. King. Yeah. Um, he's others. one of those jerk musicians too where he's like, I think he didn't start that early in terms of learning guitar and then even later in terms of trying to sing. Oh, I tried to sing now and it turned out okay, so I guess I'll keep singing. He's one of those people. <laughs> yeah. Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he, I think he was. He think he got his first guitar when he was about 13 or 14, but it was some steel yeah. string thing that was quite hard to play, so he sort of put it down for a couple of years. Yeah. But then I think he dialed up in his – you know, six around sixteen or so, and he was playing. He was into blues, so he was teaching himself blues chords, which are, uh, I, I understand to be quite more difficult than some of your regular chords. The old twelve-bar blues. Yeah, so he was punching that out, and he was playing all these sort of 
you know, Surrey, we grew up in Surrey um, in England. Mm. And he, yeah, he was playing around all the local pubs. And it got me thinking, that's one of the sad things about, well, at least in, in Australia, there's not a lot of live music in pubs anymore. There's, you know, the pokies have the pokies taken, yeah. sort of taken that spot, which is a disaster in itself. The other thing mm. that we don't get from all the pokies taking over the live music besides the live music itself, is that you don't mm. get these kids who are coming up, I guess, earning their stripes and, and learning how to perform. Yeah. You know, so kids, instead of blowing up on the circuit and, and honing their craft on live audiences, they're doing it on like TikTok, you know, yeah, instead yeah, of a live yeah. audience, which that's kind of terrible when you think about it. It's sad. It's sad. It is sad. Yeah. So that was a big year for that album. Um I thought there was a tenuous link about talking great guitarists and us doing a movie that features one. Uh, Tom Waits. Slash. Wait, Slash is in this? Isn't, it, isn't that Slash? Where? Gary Oldman when he comes to the future. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he comes to London and he's got the top hat and the curly hair. And purple studies. Yeah, and the little yeah, purple studies. Yeah, true. Sunnies. He's taking some inspo there. Yeah. He's taking some. Yeah, meow, yeah, that's, meow, fair, meow. that's fair. And if you watch the film clip for November Rain, it's quite gothic. Yeah. It's true. It's, yeah, it's very astute on your part. It's very astute on your part. It's a perfectly formed circle. <laughs> perfectly formed. Perfectly formed. <laughs> Eric Clapton's Unplugged did really well. Big year for big year for Clapton. Yeah, big year, big year for Eric Clapton. Uh, big year for movies too, Greg. Mm. And to your point, we've done the hell out of this. Uh, yeah. I've got a pretty dense origin story coming up, so we'll just touch on this real light. Mm. But a lot of movies came out, mm. most of which we've covered mm. at this point, or at least as far as the top ten goes. Oh, some notable absentees from our, our canon so far are the likes of Sister Act. Wow. Wow. No, that appears to be it, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but there was a little film that came in at number nine back in 1992, a little film called Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, came out in November of 1992 with a budget of $40 million November and a gross rain. box office of $200 million. Came out in the rainy November of 1992. Mm. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> Tomatoes scores 77% critics, 79% mm. audience. Critic consensus has followed. Yes. Overblown in the best sense of the word. Francis Ford Coppola's vision of Bram Stoker's Dracula rescues the character from decades of campy interpretations and features some terrific performances to boot. Hmm. Okay. I don't think I used to boot enough. Yeah, well, I mean, there's still time. To boot. Yeah, I'm going to work it in at least three times in this episode. We'll count them. Okay. Uh, was this a big movie for you, Greg? No. I Like, it It was. I was just thinking, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to cut you yeah. off. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. You raised your hand. <laughs> this, is, this is our first. I did raise my hand. It wasn't. It was a visual <laughs> it thing. It was a visual. Um, since this is our first vampire episode, where do you stand on vampires? Are you a big vampire man? You seen a lot of vampire movies? Um, you, you always hanging out for the next vampire tale? You know what? You dress up as vampires in Halloween? I think I think I might be. Uh, I think when I was a kid, I was pretty intrigued by the old vampires. Yeah, full moons, or is that werewolves? They're quite interlinked, <laughs> you know, in, yeah, as yeah. as this movie depicts. 
Um, <laughs> choose a lane, buddy. Sometimes he's a werewolf. Sometimes, oh, he's, well, he's, I guess he's meant to be a bat. We'll get into that. Yeah, he's a giant like bat, a, a rat, bat. Do you reckon they said make him bats, but but the person misheard and made him rats? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There's a scene where he's a, he turns into rats. Um, yeah, I guess I am. I was. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of... The, the 2000s have been bad for vampires. Yeah, they've gone in a different direction. Um, so I wasn't yeah. a Twilight Man, unsurprisingly. Yeah. You don't like your sparkly, diamondy vampires? Uh, is that what they are? <laughs> I don't know. That's what they are. They sparkle. Oh, they sparkle. <laughs> well. They don't, it's not that they can't go in the sun because they die. They go in the sun because they sparkle. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like Blade. Blade was cool. Oh, yeah. Um, That's going to go on the voting list, yeah. Yeah, vampire movies are always pretty sexy. So I think when I was a kid, that was probably probably intriguing for me. What about you? Yeah, similar. And you just, that's a very astute point you just made because that's probably why in the 90s, the ages we were, vampire movies are the sexier of the scary yeah. things. He's definitely the sure. horniest of <laughs> bad guys. Fuck anything. That's true. It's a blessing and a curse, I would say, for old drug war. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Live undead and always horny. <laughs> Can be challenging. I was pretty into True Blood. Oh, that was great. Yeah, it eventually kind of fizzled and was like so whatever. Good. But initially so good. it was good. Sucker. So yeah, that was sexy too. See, yeah, they're all yeah. sexy. That was probably peak sexy vampire. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, like. Extremely sexy. You can't watch that with your parents. No, no, no. I binged that in, uh, I was in Austria um, doing my ski season, and I got the flu, and I was working at a, a, a sort of a bar on the on the on the mountain, and they basically quarantined me because I was they didn't want to get everyone else in the in the team right. sick. And one of my mates gave me his laptop, and True Blood was about the only thing on it, so I smashed it out, and like huh. it was good. Anyway, yeah, good show, good show, great show. What about Bram Stoker's Dracula? So. I think, like, no, I, I don't know if I'd seen this beginning to end before. Mm. Um, I think it was a bit, I think I was a bit scared off by Gary Oldman in the in the trailer. Oh, like scared, scared or just like turned off? Turned off, yeah, okay. maybe turned off. Interesting. Um, he didn't look sexy. <laughs> like old man, Oldman? Old Oldman, yeah. Uh, I think so. I was probably just a bit crypt out. It probably wasn't. The vampire vibe that I preferred, which at this stage I don't know what was. Maybe Buffy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was definitely original. Was, yeah. Ooh-wee. So I was probably more of a '92 Buffyman than I was a '92 Francis Ford Capella's Bram Stoker's Dracula. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably the same. I definitely, I'm pretty certain I watched Buffy that year. Yeah. I did not watch this that year, but I did watch this about I think ten years ago ish. I can't remember exactly what triggered it, but I suddenly became interested in it. I'm not sure if it was the special effects thing or that's how I came across the special effects thing, how it's all practical and in camera, et cetera. Yeah. But, yeah, like about 10 years ago I just randomly decided to buy it on iTunes and I don't know, it's one of those ones like before this week reflecting on it, it's like I I never, it's not like I loved it necessarily, but I've always felt I just found it so fascinating. Such a weird it thing. It does feel like it's in your yeah. wheelhouse. Yeah. Especially with the the effects. Yeah. The artistry. Yeah. And I can't remember if that's what triggered me getting into it 10 years ago, but it's certainly what stayed with me since watching it 10 years ago and a few it times wasn't, since. It wasn't, it wasn't Monica Bellucci's titties? You no, know, it wasn't, but it certainly, I mean, 
fuck, Winona, man. Winona is all time. <laughs> I can't like, yeah. and you know, I always feel a little bit awkward when we when we talk about women being babes on this podcast. But you know what? We talk about men being babes all the time. So let me give me this. She's a fucking babe. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's just she's very beautiful all time, man. All time. <laughs> yeah. And I knew I I bet you love that she doesn't have Hollywood teeth either. Yeah, I do love that. She might yeah, buy now. Got great teeth. Yeah. Who knows? She's got good ninety-two teeth. Yeah. Good ninety-two everything. Good eighteen ninety-seven teeth. <laughs> great. Probably very good teeth. for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what were teeth like in eighty ninety-seven? Yeah, eighteen ninety-seven. They probably didn't have any. No. <laughs> Gummin. How be? How would a vampire survive back then if they didn't have teeth? They need them. <laughs> you need at least one. Yeah. Certainly wouldn't have old chopper here. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Raised by Simpsons. Uh, Should I get into the origin story of this picture? Please do. Origin story. So this film, as the title suggests, is based on a novel by Bram Stoker, released in 1897. Mm -hmm. But I figured since this is our first in a series on vampires, I thought I would give a little origin story of vampires themselves. Good idea. And put into context where this novel actually sits. So, the word vampire originated in the 11th century uh, in some Slavic folklore. Mm, so Slavic. Predating Christianity in the region. And in fact, when Christianity arrived, it was really trying to get rid of this folklore because it sounds pretty demonic. Um, on Christian ears, they say the stories of vampires themselves emerged as misinterpretations of diseases like rabies, like pellagra. I don't even know what that is. I assume it. Ah, uh, is it the plague? Maybe. Yeah, maybe that sounds. Is that plural of plagues? <laughs> maybe. Oh, imagine. But even the a gaggle, a gaggle of plagues, a gaggle of plagues. <laughs> a murder, of, a murder, a dracul of plagues. Uh, and even the misunderstanding of decomposition itself. So like wrongly observing the process and interpreting those signals as, ah, vampire. So basically, you know, your, your, your body bloats, a little bit of blood oozes out your mouth, overgrown teeth and nails. It looks like you've just fed, you know. it's oh. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they started doing this thing where they wanted to preemptively ensure that these dead bodies didn't come back to life. And so they... Started burying these bodies with garlic, poppy seeds. Bit of thyme, bit of rosemary. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know why garlic. Olive oil. Do you think she'll come salt. back to life? I don't know, but she smells delicious. <laughs> um, they would burn them sometimes. Uh, mm. It's really weird. Over a, over a wood. Over yeah. Do you coals? reckon it was like a? Yeah. Do you reckon it was like a cannibal? And like, what are you doing? Oh, just like garlic is. It's not. It happens to be delicious, but it's not why I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. Now, this, this all stayed pretty local. This folklore stayed pretty local in, in that region until 18th century when Austria, I guess, I mean, look, full transparency here, Greg and I are experts on the 80s and 90s, not so much on uh, the 18th century. But apparently Austria, mm. I guess, entered the region around there and, and saw all this shit because it was quite evident <laughs> that they do things to dead bodies and shit. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? Mm. And I think they went out of their way to like scientifically explain the phenomena that they were interpreting as vampire, but not before the concept would spread around Greater Europe and eventually the world. So, 
by 1819, we've got our first book with vampires in them, I think officially. Maybe there have been traces elsewhere, but this one was literally called The Vampire by John William Polidori. Oh, Polidori. Polidori. And then came a book uh, in 1872 by Joseph Sheridan called Carmilla, another vampire story. I think that may have been a novella, Greg, so you might want to check that one out. Mm, I believe so. And in parallel to this, well, you know, betwixt those two books, a young fellow was born. (laughs) By the name of Bram Stoker. Mm, a small, Bram. small city called Dublin. Abraham. He had, he had a weird situation where he was bedridden for the first seven years of his life. And his mum used to tell oh. him some delightful stories. For instance, she would tell him about the mass graves off the back of the cholera epidemic back in the day. And all kinds of scary things that you would wish your mother would tell you as a small child in bed. Mm. Uh, but he mm. loved it apparently. And he became a writer, not just a writer of horror, but a writer of many things, adventure novels, all kinds of shit. And he would eventually write Dracula in 1897. Yes. He based, uh, well, actually, they never confirmed this, but it seems pretty indisputable when you look at it. It seems he based the character on Vlad the Impaler. Do you know much about Vlad the Impaler? Only what I saw in the first five minutes of this movie. Yeah, that's kind of it. Well, I mean, there's more, but that's the gist of it. He, he, he was a real dude, Vlad the Impaler. And um, he did all kinds of shit. I think all kinds of impaling. Yeah, he, I mean, it was his thing. He liked to impale. That was genuinely his mm. thing. It gets quite graphic. I was watching a video on him and it's, man, he, he earned his name. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Wouldn't he put him, he'd stake him and put him around his house so people, you know, they'll come and they'll get this. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. I think it's, it is a, definitely a signal he wants to send to enemies abroad. Mm. Uh, but his father was, I don't know, he joined some, I'm making words up now because I can't remember the exact words, like Guild of the Dragon Branch, or something. Branch Davidians? Yeah, something like that. But something like House of Dragon, no, that's, that's Game of Thrones. But something to do with dragons. It was like some sort of group he joined. And the I guess the 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 Romanian word for dragon was drac. Of course. And so he got a new last name off the back of that. Dracul and Vlad the Impaler being his son, his last name was son of Dracul, otherwise known as Dracula. It was Vlad Dracula. Mm. Dracula. So the fact that this guy wrote a book called Dracula, Dracula was not uh, associated with vampires at all before this book. Mm. It must, it must be Vlad the Impaler. Like, cause well, you don't just come up with that name. Mm. But I did read something that suggested, you know, we didn't, there obviously was no internet or Wikipedia back in 1897. So there's a good chance Stoker didn't know a ton about Vlad, but just kind of took what he knew and ran with it. Join perhaps. the dots. Yeah, yeah. Now a big difference apparently versus what came before was was making this man more of a nobleman, more of a sexy man mm. and horny to boot. Mm, well. First to boot. Um, mm. uh, whereas previously vampires, it sounded like they were more depicted as just another version of zombies, like dead coming back to life, looking to eat some humans, suck of the blood, that sort of thing. Mm. So while, while Dracula wasn't the first vampire in pop culture, it, it seems he was the first fancy Dracula. Mm. Um, the first Dracula you wouldn't kick out of bed for farting perhaps, you know. First horny one. Yeah, first horny boy. Now, th- what was really interesting was apparently this book wasn't all that big initially. 
he died in like 1912 and in his obituary, Dracula was barely referenced. Mm. And it wasn't until 1922 when a little German film came out called Nosferatu, Mm -hmm. which was pretty clearly based on Dracula, yet they did not pay any royalties. Uh, It it resulted in a big lawsuit and um, uh, eventually it prompted uh, Stoker's widow to set up proper copyright shit. And I'm going to gloss over this because I don't totally understand it, but I think she had to like... To, to formalise the copyright, they basically did a play. I think once you've got that document, it helps make it official or whatever. I don't fucking know. It's 100 years ago. Um, but that play was huge on Broadway. That play then got turned mm. into a film in 1931. There's been many films since, like some notable ones. 1958, Christopher Lee played Dracula. Mr Harker, I'm glad that you've arrived safely. I am Dracula and I welcome you to my house. And then, like, five subsequent sequels as well. But a few years earlier, Greg, another little boy was born. Mm-hmm. Little boy by the name of Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. Born in 1939. Perfect timing to be swept up in all of this vampire fever. Mm. And um, he was a big fan of horror and a big fan of Dracul. You know how it is when you're a kid, sometimes you have a personal connection with, like, a favourite movie or a... Uh, fairy tale or, uh, you know, whatever it is. It's something that it was sort of, you thought it was yours. Uh, I remember as a kid, you know, loving horror films, and in particular Dracula. And uh, I remember going to the Encyclopedia Britannica as a kid and looked up Dracula and went and saw Vlad the Impaler, and I was, like, just thrilled to think that it was really a guy. He was like, fuck, I love this book. Why do all these movies exist in this campy... None of them actually pull anything through from the book other than the character of Dracula. It's, otherwise, it's all just this bullshit. Why isn't anyone, you know, making this book into a movie? There were so many of them, but no one ever did the book. And I knew what the book was because I read the book. And I could see that in most of the scenes, Harker is called Renfield and Lucy is the one in love, but she's married to Harker. And, and they just totally played havoc with Stoker's novel, you know, just to suit whatever God knows the reason was. And so lucky for him, he went and made some of the greatest films of all time and was allowed to make whatever he wanted and decided to make Dracula. Mm. And um, the actual origin of this film kind of came from an unexpected place. So it was an existing script that someone named James V. Hart had written. Mm. And it was actually Winona that got it in the hands of Coppola. She had read it and thought it was awesome. Ah. Yeah. And she kind of gave had it to him. Had they worked together before? Well, Almost. She pulled out of Godfather 3. Yeah, that's right. And like quite literally as she was leaving, I think, she like gave him this script and said, you should have a read of this. Yeah, because she was exhausted or something. Is that right? She, yeah, and then she wanted to do Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, Scissies. You know, you want to close out the trilogy of one of the greatest stories ever told? Or you want to go to Scissorhands over there? <laughs> Scissorhands. Well, who would have thought? I guess Scissorhands is probably better than Godfather 3, right? That's the shit one, isn't it? I haven't seen it. It's, yeah, it's probably still it's good great, though. Right? It's just not as good. Mm. Yeah. One of those. Yeah, and, and so this guy, James V. Hart, his his hot take on it was this dude was a romantic and this story had Is potential. That Brett, Brett Hit, the Hitman's brother? Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> He's one of the Hart the Hart family. Yeah, yeah. WWE. I think royalty. they're like the yep, cool. I think they're like the Tenenbaums. One became a wrestler, one became a writer, and uh mm. the other one did the other stuff. Um 
Medicine, probably. <laughs> Medicine, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he thought oh, there's a, we can break this character out of this campy exploitation bloodsucker world and throw him into the world of highbrow and horny. Mm. And uh, Coppola loved it and and saw potential in this or at least in certain scenes to, to really fucking bring to life this erotic dream. Mm. And uh, I don't know, there's, there's, there's all these great making ofs out there and stuff and there's just lots of detail and minutiae in, in how he made it. But that's really the crux of the origin story. I, I would say, as we've alluded to, I think one of the hot takes he had in how he wanted to bring it to life was in terms of visuals and the technology really using only what was available at the turn of the century, yes. like when the book was essentially written for special effects, which is really cool. We'll have more on that later. But I think that's such a great take, great idea. Yeah, obviously I would think that, but we'll get into more, more of that later. We do have some interesting precasts, though, Greg. Precasts that will make you go, yeah, why didn't they go that way? <laughs> mm. um, or at least one of them. Christian Slater was offered the role of Jonathan slash Keanu. He turned it down. Christian Slater would have worked out. That would have been. That would have been good. That would have been right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm like, I'm doing like a. He's doing a De Niro nod. Yeah, doing a bit of a De Niro nod. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, realized it just sound, probably sounded like silence. <laughs> it was, it was thinking and nodding. Um, thinking. He turned it down. I'm not sure why. Was, it, was he Prince of Thieving or something? Probably. I don't know. Era. Yeah. We'll never know. There's no way. There's no way of finding out. We'll never find out, man. And then Coppola also wanted Johnny Depp, but the studio said he wasn't famous enough yet. Mm, had they not watched Twenty One Jump Street? Yeah, fucking idiots. I mean, if something we've learned, studios don't know what the hell they're talking about. At least not in the eighties mm. and nineties. Probably to mm. this day. It's but it, it is interesting that they obviously wanted some kind of it boy for this, which it just seems weird based on the movie that it is. But I guess maybe that's just the reality of making. A big movie is you need someone someone to join the horny teens, I guess. Yeah, not, not everyone's coming for for Gary. Gary's not a very horny name either. <laughs> and a couple more precasties. Liam Neeson was pretty keen on Van Helsing, but that didn't really happen. I'm not sure why. No, no, no further detail there. Um, and I apparently, think they, I think they just went. Yeah. Hopkins is bigger after. Yeah. Um, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Was that before this? So I assume it was. Must yeah, have been. it was. Yeah. So he was a bigger draw card, I believe. Yeah, fair Although, enough. Yeah, we'll get more of that later. Mm. And um, apparently Andy Garcia, Antonio Banderas and Gabriel Byrne all auditioned for Dracula. Alternate timelines of which we'll never get to see. All equally fascinating. Who was fascinating. the middle one? Uh, Antonio Banderas. Interesting. I mean... He would have helped with the accent, perhaps. <laughs> and the sexy. Um, and the sexy. Bantaras. Yeah, that's very interesting. Gavin would Byrne have been making have to out with for End of Days. Yeah, Thomas exactly. Aquinas. Thomas Aquinas. <laughs> Tell me everything you know about Van Helsing. <laughs> anyway, you put all these people in ridiculous costumes, turn on a big fan and uh, flash some lights and do some weird practical effects. And bish bash bosh, you guys over maybe rap party yeah. down the, the old uh, thing somewhere. Rap party somewhere. No drinking. Although this Wine. this is peak Viper Room. It would have been rap party the Viper Room for sure. Keanu's there. Sure. Man, absolutely. Gary Oldman just off his tits. Oh, man. Yeah, he was an alcoholic at this point, I think. Not great. But anyway, let's play the trailer, Greg. Okay. 
Here occurred the frightening and shocking history of Prince Dracula and the woman he loved. I have crossed oceans of time to find you. Yeah. Dracul. There's a sinister, darker side to him. I find irresistible. I have never met any man with such a passion for life. He is unlike any man. What are you? Vampires do exist. This one we fight, this one we face. Can take on many forms. He is both young and old. He can appear as mist, as vapor, as the fog. And he can vanish at will. Oh, my love. The power of his evil desire has no end. You've got to go to him. You've got to love him. She is a willing recruit and devoted disciple. She is the devil's concubine. Join me in the eternal life. Your salvation is his destruction. Yeah! I want to be what you are. I want to see what you see. I want to love what you love. Take me away from all this death. screaming yeah. fuck yeah <laughs> that's a good trailer man that is top tier trailer yes oh that makes me want to watch it yeah same <laughs> it's the power of a good trailer the power of a great trailer oh great cardi oh. you know what happens now I mean, that gave us a taste. That was a meaty trailer, two and a half minutes. But I don't know. Fr- fr- friends of the show, uh, they may not have watched it in, a, in quite a while. And, you know, we kind of need to bring them on this journey. Would you mind? Would you be so kind, Greg, just sure. to break down the plot of this film? We have to do it in a couple of sections. Um, mm. So the first section I'm going to borrow from Wiki. In 1462, Vlad Dracula returns from a victory in his campaign against the Ottoman Empire to find his beloved wife, Elisabetta, committed suicide after his enemies falsely reported his death. Mm. A priest tells him that his wife's soul is damned to hell for committing suicide. Enraged, Vlad desecrates the chapel and renounces God, declaring he will rise from the grave to avenge Elisabetta with all the powers of darkness. Mm. He then drives a sword into the chapel's stone cross and drinks the blood that pours from it, becoming a vampire. Mm. Fast forward to 1897. <laughs> a young English solicitor is sent to tend to a client's needs in Transylvania. <laughs> which I think is in Romania or something. His colleague, who had been handling the client, had gone off the deep end, but we don't know why. 
he turned from solicitor into a real Tom Waits. He explains to his bride-to-be, Winona, that he must travel for work and they can marry upon his life, his return to London. He takes a locket with a photo of her. He travels across the Red Plains. I assume that's what they're called. Yeah, why not? There he is dropped off in the middle of the night into a spooky forest, awaiting his final transfer to the client's castle. He's picked up literally by a giant claw and placed into a carriage, which takes him to an impossibly creepy castle. There, there are early signs of strange behaviour, and the host, Dracula, takes a shining to the photo of Winona. (laughs) So much of a shining that the host, Dracula, gets a few sexy vampire queens to lock down Keanu while stowing away in a ship to London with a plan to woo Winona, believing her to be the reincarnate of his original wife, Elisabetta. So then along the way, he gets to, Drackey gets to London, uh, Keanu escapes, he comes to London. Along the way, Drackey turns into a hairy beast thing and pounds Winona's hornier friend, Sadie, in the (laughs) cemetery. That was pretty wild. (laughs) Turns her into a vampire. But what he wasn't planning for, Tristan, old Drackey, he wasn't planning that Sadie, the horny girl that gets pounded by the beast, (laughs) she had like four or five studs that shared her. Um, One was going to marry her, Carrie Elwes, no less. But there was about five other guys that she seemingly hooked up with pretty (laughs) frequently and openly. (laughs) Well, I don't think she did. Maybe she did. I, we'll talk well, about that later. Yeah, yeah. And look, there was plenty of Sadie to go around, let's be honest. So <laughs> the reality was, though, that Beast Drackey wasn't invited into this love hexagon. No. And these boys, whilst they were pretty free and easy with each other, having their <laughs> goes of Sadie, they weren't, in for, they weren't into this imposter coming into their love hexagon. And that was Drackey's downfall. He should have just stuck with Winona and been happy because he... Pulled her pretty easily, and Keanu was on the out. But, mate, there wasn't room for one more (laughs) with Sadie. And those boys went after him and did what they had to do. That's a good point, Greg. Yeah, it's a very good point. Very astute on your part. It's very astute on your part. And just for the, and can I just say, I really appreciate, I, I did say to you jokingly during the week, uh, you're going to do your plot synopsis in, in Keanu's accent, right? And gosh darn it, you did it, Greg. I respect that. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> can, you, can you believe, fun fact, I didn't even rehearse that. <laughs> I don't know if he did either. Much uh, like much <laughs> like Keanu. Yeah. Um, no, he did work hard on that apparently. He um, did. But he was yeah. just a little bit cooked from your – he did about eight movies in about three years prior to this. So, yeah. Or more. So he was a little cooked on set apparently. And visits to the Viper room in between, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. no judgment at all. At all. Yeah. I actually think – Sort of going off on tangents. I think it kind of worked anyway. I was going to come to that too. Uh, let's park that for one second because I yeah, got thoughts of that yeah. too. And I just want to hear what did you think of this movie? I've been curious all week because this is a bit of a weird zone for both of us. I think it's hard to read. Like some movies, I'm like Greg's going to love this or Greg's going to hate this. This one, I can't fucking tell. I was into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. So this, yes, I think it, it took me. I was like, what is happening here? And. <laughs> So whilst, and we'll talk more about Keanu's performance and how it sucks up. Yeah. But the early, the very early bits, I was like, what's doing here? Like the big, him going, 
to Transylvania. Yeah. Him getting picked up by that giant claw hand. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. Really, not really batting an eyelid. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm being picked <laughs> yeah, up by a giant He does kind of just hand. take it all in his stride. Yeah, it's all in point, his stride. There's one point later where me and Ara was watching it with me at this point and she's like, why isn't he freaking out? And then yeah. I realised he was supposed to have been because then he says in his in his voiceover, he's like, I realised I was now a prisoner, but it didn't seem to like yeah. just like very yeah, matter what, of the fact. the penny just dropped? <laughs> After I'm starting all that, to suspect this Dracula person is not all he says he is. <laughs> it's, it was a full Homer Simpson moment. Yeah. I think he's talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was, was so. <laughs> so that was once I got over that and once because I was, in one hand I was loving Gary Oldman in those early yeah. scenes, like him just Creeping around, just being a proper creep, weirdo. Yeah, but I did. But the the action, the the performances. No disrespect to Keanu of the other actors back. You know, like Anthony Hopkins doing his thing, and yeah, that sort of little bubble of the film was a bit more engaging. Yeah, and like I like the the various types of forms he took on. Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot happening, and the a costumes lot. and the lighting is like Man. it was operatic. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I was into it, man. Yeah, it was okay, silly great. in parts, but yeah, yeah. And the plot, the plots all over the shop. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's exactly okay. That's a good point because that's exactly it. I I decided I love this movie. I started watching it again last night. I just ran out of time, and I was like, "Fuck!" I actually genuinely just want to watch it again because the more I think about it, I just want to revisit it. And mm. I think why I've not struggled with it, but like. Just in terms of figuring out how I actually feel about this, I'm drawn to it in a somewhat mysterious Dracul-esque way. But I think I am just embracing that. I think I love this movie, and I think it's just it's just like this weird fever dream. Like mm. I think why yeah, that's I nice hesitated was it's it's just like I, yeah, I, I think why I hesitated is I think I like this movie in ways that I don't like any other movie. Like there's no obvious thing I can point to and say that's why I like this movie. But I guess that overarching thing is. It just feels, it's very visceral. It feels like this weird fever dream that you just got to let happen to you. And there is a plot, but it doesn't really matter. It's just fucking wild, man. And there's a few it's, things in particular just that that I, they're not the main reasons I love it or anything, but they're certainly sweeteners. Mm. And I think I, I'd put it in in sort of a time capsule category, like the way they did origin stories in the 90s. Like They showed us the origin of Dracula in like, the first five minutes of this movie. If it was made now, that would be the whole movie. Actually, it was that was made now. There was a film called Dracula Untold 10 years ago oh. or so, which I did on uh, on the Caged In podcast, the Coppola Connections podcast with Petros, oh, yeah. friend of the show, um, which is basically that opening extended into an entire movie. And, you know, if it, were, if it was a Netflix TV show, the first 10 episodes would just be that bit. I love that they get that shit out of the way and then you move on. And it's not even that long. It's a two-hour movie. I, I was expecting it to be like three yeah. hours or something. Is Interview of the Vampire like three hours? It might be, yeah. 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 And, yeah, some of the things you just said, like the costumes, man, they're fucking sick. Yeah. They're fucking mad. And apparently he got this – well, she's not even a costume designer. He got her. She's just a designer, like a graphic artist and shit. Yeah. Her name's Aiko uh, right? Ishioka. Yeah, and she's more of a graphic designer. I guess – I don't know the exact she's, timeline. Yeah, she was maybe. hired as the art director. Yeah, and he asked her to do costumes and she's like, do you want me to do sets? And he said, no, in this movie, the costumes are the sets and yeah, the, the sets right. will be the lighting 
and I want to put all my money into costumes and let the costumes be the the jewel of the set, which I fucking love. Like Vlad's armor is fucking sick. It's weird. (laughs) It's so weird. weird. But it's a hot take. It's just, it's, I love it. Yeah. Well done, Aiko. You know, she also designed the Houston Rockets logo, which now with this knowledge looks pretty vampiric. (laughs) Oh, really? It actually looks, if you look at the Houston Rockets logo, it looks like blood's dripping from it. But I guess it's it's meant to be rockets. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah, that is wild. That might as well be Dracul's logo. Like that's fucking crazy. That's great intel. (laughs) Yeah, right? She's done heaps of shit. She's really fascinating. I'll probably yeah. insert a clip here. Well, she she did the she did the poster for Apocalypse Now, and so she she'd been in his orbit for a while, okay. and I think he was like, "Fuck, she's interesting. Let's just get her to make costumes." <laughs> yeah, Dracula has a very cliche style, built long, long, long film history. So Francis, I wanted to completely uh, throw away this cliche look to create our own vision, which is not looks like a man or a woman or old or young or beast or a human or... What is this one? Francis quite interested to develop to uh, uh, fall out idea. He hired me as a costume designer, but his feeling like Echo create entirely visual concept. Some of the ideas based on uh, armadillo or based on uh, some strange insect or some of the wedding costume based on uh, lizard. So cool. She, she, she was, um, she was the, uh, the brains behind the wig, which was a pretty hot take on, yeah. on Dracula's hair. Like that's, that was cool as. Inspired by kabuki and geisha hairstyles, ah. so she brought these Japanese sort of touches, and obviously he's he's kind of in a like a kimono type vibe as yeah. well in the in the castle. Very cool, That's fucking cool, That's and fucking unusual. Cool. Yeah, and I rec- strongly recommend. In the there's a series of making ofs of this. Some of it is about the story. Some of it's about special effects. There's a whole special just on the costumes. Watch I it. Bet. It's fucking sick. They're touching oh, all Lucy's that stuff. burial costume. Yeah, man. The white. Oh man, yeah. that's awesome. It's so good. It's so good. Fucking great. And yeah, I think it's all of these things that it's not mm. so much on the page. <laughs> it's just this stuff that hits you. Because same with the special effects, right? Like you know, you knew I was going to talk about special effects, but fuck, fuck, <laughs> they're so good. I just mm. love the constraint he put on himself. Mm. And let me be clear. I think I always say I love practical effects. It's not to shit on CGI. CGI is cool too. But I just, why can't we just do more of this stuff? Because just as an artistic choice, like Mm. we still do animation, even though we have cameras, why can't we still do this shit? So, so basically, like I said, Coppola had this idea of let's not use anything that wasn't available turn of the century. And so he wanted everything to be, in camera, as they say, so not done in post. It's you're capturing mm. the thing in the camera, and he had like more traditional special effects people involved, and apparently they kept trying to push him towards acting like a movie made in 1992. And he's like, "You don't fucking get it. You're fired." Mm. And he bring he brings in his son Roman Coppola to like drive that shit. Oh. And man, he nails it. Nepo baby, yeah. fucking nailing it. Um, so. I won't break them all down, but 
a lot of them are the same kind of deal. Like there's a lot of double exposures. So stuff that is so simple to do now that we could do right now on Premiere Pro where it's, mm. you know, um, Keanu on the train or no, no. What about like where the rats are running across the ceiling mm. and gravity doesn't make any fucking sense. They will literally shoot. They'll, they'll have film in the camera, shoot the rats running across the ceiling in a way that blocks the light for the rest of the film so the whole film's not exposed and then rewind the film, reshoot it, turn the camera upside down and show Keanu walking through the room. So it's literally in the same piece of film, Mm. the rats running upside down. They're doing it the hardest possible way but it creates this weird otherworldly vibe to it all. Mm. Um, Even just the little things like when he opens the perfume bottle and the drops go up. And I think there's this whole idea he had that's, not explicit, but it makes sense. It's just this idea that physics, yeah. when you're around Dracula, physics just no longer really work. <laughs> mm. It's just mm. really cool. His shadow, what about his fucking shadow? <laughs> Again, like a pretty, this is the, like Terminator 2 had already come out, right? So they're doing liquid metal and shit. So it would have been easy enough to do a fake shadow, but they, they had another dude <laughs> behind with a light being a sentient shadow. It's so fucking cool. Forced perspective. The mansion was a miniature mm. so, and they would, they had it floating. It wasn't even sitting on the ground, but I don't even know how to explain this, but it works visually. They had full-size humans, horses, fences, gates, and this miniature mansion in the background and it, it looks legit. It just fucking works. The train driving across the book, they made a huge book. <laughs> like it's just... Mm. It's insane. <laughs> and there's lots of just rear projection stuff. The one that I couldn't find that I really want to know how they did was just the when Dracula turns into a bunch of rats. I don't know how that worked exactly, but it was fucking cool. Fucking cool. Yeah. Fucking love it. What about the giant bat? Giant bat was sick. Man. The man yeah. bat. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Thing. All of his costumes were sick. I just, I just want, I just want more, man. I think I went on a similar rant back when we did Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Um, and I said, why doesn't Ant-Man do something like this? And I was thinking on that again. Like, I, I like the idea of if Ant-Man traveled back to the 80s, why not just use 80s special effects and make it like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, you know? That would be fucking cool. Mm. And it's like, you know, Ant-Man and the, and the Curse of the Japanese Garden or some bullshit. He's just trapped in, a, in some guy's garden. Maybe it's mm. Rick Moranis' garden. I don't know. I'm going way off down a rabbit hole here. But these are the things I think about, Greg, when I think about practical effects. I just want more. I just want more. You write a letter. <sighs> yeah, I'm going to write an angry letter. Um, should we just like maybe go through the cast a little bit? Because I feel like there's just a few things to unpack here. We've got Gary Oldman as, as the ultimate Oldman. Um, Vlad the Impaler, Count Dracul. Mm-hmm. Apparently he worked with a singing coach to make his voice an octave deeper. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. He's fucking good in this though. I'll tell you what. Apparently him and Winona had some beef though. I think mm. he did some things that she wasn't too fond of apparently. They, didn't yeah. really, they don't really get into it. She's pretty dismissive of it now just saying, oh, teen drama, I was young, whatever. Mm. But it sounds like he might have been a bit of a jerk. Like I think he was an alcoholic at this point. And yeah, I think his relationship with Winona, uh, Winona with Uma was on the Fritz. Was he with Uma? Yeah, they're married. No way. Yeah, pulled a full Dracula there, dude. Yeah, damn. I know. Gary. <laughs> you, Gary. Well done, yeah. Gary. And top Gun actor. Um, we've got Winona as Mina. 
she was all right, man. I think going into this, I kind of had her in the same bucket as Keanu, but no, she was all right. She was fine. Yeah. And she's, I mean, she's just absolute babe, man. <laughs> just unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. Look, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and look, even though even though in this role she was nearly 20 years younger than us now. She was older than us then. She was older than us then. <laughs> and what and you know, Dracula was older than her too. Yeah, so man. Whatever. Whatever. It is a very horny oh, we're going on the cast, aren't we? Yeah, well, I mean, we, <laughs> hey, we can go wherever the, the hell we want. We've got Anthony Hopkins as, as Van Helsing. Yeah, he wasn't too horny. He just kind of shows up halfway through. But he's a yeah. fucking firecracker. <laughs> fucking great. I love him. He's, his <laughs> performance is very good, I thought. Yeah, it's yeah. Anthony Hopkins, so I haven't really seen too many bad ones. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting he's seeing. He's fun as narrator as well. Yeah, but you did, uh, yeah. I've always thought Van Helsing was a bit more of a Hugh Jackman type. Yeah, what well, funny that. <laughs> or Liam, yeah, or Liam Neeson for that matter. Yeah, yeah. A bit more swashbuckling, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. He could, this is probably as swashbuckling as he gets. Yeah, um, I mean, he swashbuckled, but, you know, yeah. he, was, he was an old man, not a not a throbber. Yeah. So to speak. <laughs> we even had Tom Waits in there. That was a delight to see. We I did have Tom Waits. Tom Waits. He's always a delight when he shows up. He Did you? I sort of had a, a, a semi-dig and I was hoping you knew more, but it seems that Tom Waits has collaborated with Coppola, 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 oh. uh, like a, quite a bit. I think he's been in like half a dozen films or and he's written some scores. He's, I didn't, um, I sort of found that just before we started. Um, so I haven't got more on that, but um, I think there's a, there's a pretty well-established working relationship there. That makes sense. Especially from a score point of view. Yeah. He should do more scores. Has he, he must have done a bunch. Maybe he was going to play Jack in Jack. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that movie, Jack? Yeah, I'm so, I was quite surprised to. That's a Coppola, yeah. Yeah, I was quite surprised to hear that. That would be a good miniseries. Do the Jacks of, the, of all our favourite auteurs find their Jack. <laughs> they, they've all got stinkers. Yeah, well, as yeah. We've got Sadie Frost in there being also being uh, quite a mega babe herself. Um, mm, I never knew what she looked like. I just remember same. being Jude, Jude Law's wife. Well, I didn't Sorry, know that. I, I don't want to underrepresent her work, but that, I just didn't know of her too well. They've done a movie together, haven't they? Her and Jude they Law. must have. That's how I'm these sure. people meet. Yeah, What's that? I, Is she it was Gattaca? Really good in this. Is she in Gattaca? No, Gattaca? Oh, Uma's Gattaca? in that, isn't she? Oh, Sadie Frost. The Crossy Girl. Crossy. Oh, she might be in it too. I haven't seen Gattaca in a long time. Gattaca. That Gattaca? movie seems to not exist too. It's kind of disappeared. Um, Gattaca. But Greg, can, can we talk about can we talk about this little gaggle of um, uh, boof heads <laughs> with um, <laughs> Richard E. Grant, Carrie Elwes, and, and Billy Campbell? <laughs> and I throw Keanu in the mix too. Like I love not since last week. Loving the subplot of of Anthony Macaulay's, <laughs> you know, quest to be a movie cop, the subplot of this like Bachelorette thing going, like mm. it's like an episode of the Bachelorette happening in the background of Dracula, 
where these fucking idiots, <laughs> they're so adorable. I love them. They're very yeah. cool about competing for the same women. Again, like the Bachelorette, they just kind of bro down. And they're like, mates. Yeah, they're, good luck, yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're still making out. It's like, can I get a little kiss? And the husband's right there. He's like, okay. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, meet your new bachelors. John Seward, the morphine-addicted doctor slash mental asylum administrator. And Quincy Morris. Slash Doctor Who. And Quincy Morris, the Texan with the big dagger. And the Mm. other guy, Arthur, (laughs) who appears to be rich. Played by Carrie Always. Carrie Always is perfect. for. He's just got this face for these kinds of movies, man. He's perfect. Big friend of the show. But I just love it. And I love how they team up and they're just so kind of dumb but really trying to get done. It's really adorable. Dracula. (laughs) They actually do. And he dies and they're like, no, bro, you're going to be like, it's so funny (laughs) to me. Yeah. It's so amazing. They're all in this together. <laughs> it's so fucking great. <laughs> They're all in this together. It's, I can't overstate how much I love it. I can't. Mm. I just fucking love it. It's perfect. It's, There's I no never, baddie in this movie as far yeah, as I'm concerned. Yeah. They're all goodies. Fuck, that's a good point, Greg. Because you know how we always respond well to like stepfathers that aren't jerks in movies? You know how it's because it's a cliche, the new dad is a jerk. Or whatever. Mm. It's a similar thing. I love when it shows the 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 brotherhood. <laughs> Like they're all just trying to help this woman that they love, even though she actually yeah. chose Elwes. One of them, they haven't given up. She chose the rich one. So again, it's like The Bachelor. And um, I think they're all rich, aren't they? Well, he that his personality is that he's rich. From what oh, I read, yes. I read up on yes. them. <laughs> that seems to be his only defining characteristic. But apparently, he <laughs> bankrolled. But he bankrolled. He's the Batman of the group. To put oh, it another way, oh, he did. He said, "Yeah, yeah, spare no expense." Yeah, yeah. It's fucking great. And apparently, and this makes it even better, apparently Coppola had the three of them embark on a series of adventures together. <laughs> oh. Including horseback riding. To, to, to form a bond. <laughs> Hot air <Wow>. ballooning. <laughs> is it the series of this? dates from The Bachelor? Just, yeah, exactly. Date number three, hot air ballooning. It's so, man, I love it. Isn't that just Beautiful. It paid off. Part of, yeah, and part of, me's like, part of me is like, you could have made a whole movie about that, but then no, it just works so well as this thing that's playing out in the background. It's, because they I don't labour it. It. Like, it just happens. And it's like they think they're the main character almost. It, mm. There's this dissonance between how serious they're taking it and how ineffective they are. I guess until the end they do eventually kill him. But yeah, but they're, they're just kind, kind of, of just along. And it's kind of buffoonery. Driving. Yeah. And it's, I think it's like a good example too of, I don't know, this movie, obviously it's trying to steer away from the campiness of those that came before, but while it is pretty sincere, it is still pretty campy in other ways. It's, so it's super but it all kind of Yeah, it's just like every not form of erotic. Exclusively not the same thing necessarily, but yeah, it's, you know, the shaving scene. I mean, yeah. it's pretty, we can, we can safely say at this point that, um, that, that Dracula's sexuality is pretty, Totally fluid, man. If he's, you've been alive for four hundred years, you're you're exploring the you play, you're exploring the full spectrum. You're exploring <laughs> the studio space, man. <laughs> this, this is true. This is true. <laughs> you're gonna he's, run out um, of things. You yeah, know, you're, gonna, you're gonna try all flavors. He's he's dipped his pen everywhere. <laughs> he's signed in blood. And to your point on the Keanu thing and his weird performance, when you throw him. In that ragtag crew, it all kind of works too because he's come back with the intel. I know where the bastard sleeps. 
And grey hair for some reason. Is that supposed to be a long time? I guess maybe it is because it takes a while to get there and back. I don't oh, know. I don't know. Or I just thought he'd been spooked. Of, yeah, it could be that too. I don't know. He got, but well, I mean, he was having a pretty good time in the castle, let's be honest. But do, I'll stay one more night. <laughs> Have you seen Monica? No one seems to be keeping him there though. He talks Does about it. Did she bite his dick off? Uh, I thought she goes, to, she goes into vampire mode, you know, teeth. And then yeah, she goes I mean, I guess sort of if there's one area the blood of his was rushing to, it she, makes sense. Yeah, because he was like, ah, ah. She knows her biology. I've got some other questions. Yes. And these are sort of, you know, you mightn't have an answer for me. Um, certainly Starting won't. at the beginning. Yeah. She was, Elizabeth, very quick to jump off that tower. Yeah, very It's real Romeo, Romeo and Juliet, Juliet right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Why do these... People rush into these, you know. They didn't know about decisions. fake news then. Yeah, just like sit it out. It's an arrow came over and said, "Oh, your husband's dead." Does she believe? It's very gullible, you know. Like just yeah, take a moment. Just just sit or sit tight. Yeah. What's the rush? What's the urgency? Like wait mm. for them to show up and then jump at least. You know, at least. and then don't yeah don't get all angry. Like she's got a role to play there. Yeah. Um, why was he becoming a London property mogul? Now, strategic, strategically placed locations, was it just an investment strategy? Were they strategically placed uh, for, you know, market growth? Did he know of zoning changes? <laughs> Infrastructure plans? He was trying to gentrify, yeah, yeah. ideas. I think so. <laughs> he, wanted but also, to, he wanted to shut down the rec centre and turn it into condominiums. I think there's a bit of that going on. Yeah. Um, shut down the theatre. <laughs> yeah. Um, why didn't he just fly or turn into a... Vapor and cruise over to London. Why did he have to stow away in a ship of dirt? That's a good point, and actually, not a bad segue into something that I think we should probably do on on all these movies. Greg is just explore mm. some of the the lore and tropes of these things, which you've just touched on. So the dirt one, I've learned recently, the dirt one is important to vampires. I've been watching uh, what we do in the shadows, a TV series, and there's a whole episode where they travel but forget to pack their dirt, and I think without dirt vampires can't sleep or something they need to bring oh, their dirt it charges some, up their bats yeah there's some there's some kind of thing like that um but yeah there, there were some interesting things in this film again i guess we will i guess we'll kind of use this as the baseline because i, I don't know what else to compare it to yet but mm, mm. the dirt thing is interesting and yeah like why not just turn into something that is more easily transportable, like a gas, <laughs> um, <laughs> like a vapor. or a bat <laughs> with wings. Um, yep. He also is standing there in the middle of daylight. Daywalker. So I don't know where. Yeah, is is that a thing? Like, how does that work? I don't really have an they, answer. They gave to that. a they gave a touch of they gave a bit of a voiceover on that. I think Van Helsing, oh. thank you, um, said that he can get around in the day, but his powers are uh, significantly diminished. Ah, so it probably takes up some energy. Like if if he's well fed, he's probably all right. It's probably one of those things. Okay. Yeah, correct. It's Ah. not his, it's not his, it's probably, you know, it's like daywalkers. Um, You know, they had to put on all, they got to put all that sun cream on. (laughs) Yeah. Much like myself. I am a daywalker. You're a daywalker. I'm a daywalker. Yeah, nice. I mean, I'm wearing a singlet now. You probably can't see me. Greg's wearing a wife lover. Hmm. We call them wife lovers now. Chesty Bonds. Chesty Bonds. Um, hairy Palms. Hairy Palms. I thought you get Hairy Palms other ways, but apparently that's in the book too. Dracula what's, with Hairy Palms. What's this? 
Isn't it for wanking? Isn't that oh. like you'll you'll get hairy palms? Isn't it like you'll go nope. blind? Uh. <laughs> I, I, maybe. Yeah, um, I don't know. I would challenge that. Yeah, and the, you've very, touched on this one already. The hair, the hair. This was. This is a. They invented this. This is a whole yes. new take. Um, the costume designer smashed it with that one. And yeah, because before this it was the the black hair with the widow's peak, the slick back. Of course, this is a whole new take. And so I I didn't know that going into this. Genuinely, I wasn't. I didn't know if they invented this or if that was how it was described in the book. But yeah, no, it's a whole new thing. Um, sentient shadow uh, looks younger the more he feeds. These are all really interesting principles mm. that I think we should mm. keep in mind for the for the subsequent films we watch. Distortion of physics in his presence, stake in the heart, all that stuff's there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Distortion of physics in his presence is an interesting one. That was interesting. Um, This one does tick off the the regular tropes: the the um, smashing of the window. Ah, sorry, mirror. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was more he can't see him in the mirror. That used to be my understanding. Well, that's that's true too because I think they did that as well. Do you know the origin story of that? Piece. There's a there's a couple of explanations or theories on the mirror. Oh, one was one I didn't really buy. One was that m- mirrors used to be made of silver back in the day, and silver is no good for vampires. Ah, uh, yeah. So silver's one. Uh, silver's one. The, yeah. Um, another is that they can't. They don't know. They can't see their soul or something about a soul. That made more sense. Yeah. It's a yeah, that makes based. more sense. It's a soul-based thing. I haven't explained that very well. No, yeah, soul-based makes sense. Like on The Simpsons when Bart sells his soul and the, the automatic doors don't open for him. Mm. Same shit. Same thing, same principle. Same I think, principle. and I guess just, yeah, I mean, there's there's all of those, I guess, fundamental things like silver and crucifixes and holy water and mm. holy communion waffles. Garlic. Um, but overall, sexy. Holy, holy what about garlic. sexy? What about sexiness? Because that's what I'm going to be keenly watching for in subsequent <laughs> films is how sexy is it? How horny yeah. is he? This <laughs> is going to be hard vampires? to beat. Oh, but I think Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise make out, don't they? That's pretty sexy. All right. I can't even I kind of. I've been wanting to actually do Interview with a Vampire for a long time because mm, I, I can't remember it. it. I'm very curious. I can't tell you if it's a good movie or not. I have no idea. I really can't remember. But I'm very curious. About I reckon it. it's going to be average. That's my yeah. I get a, I get that prediction. kind of feeling too. Yeah. And, uh, the one question I had off the back of a lot of those pieces. Oh, I guess it's not off the back of those, but I guess as far as Dracula as a concept in the world of Dracula, is he supposed to be the first vampire? Like, is that whole thing that happens in the beginning essentially the birth of vampires as we know them? That's my understanding. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, okay. Well, it'll be interesting. But how did he know that was going to happen then? How was he like, oh, I'm going to stick this sword in that and then yeah. the fill up and I know I'm going to be a Dracula? I think I, I kind of love yeah. how it's not really over-explained. It's just kind of he's just so angry and hateful that it all just kind of happens. But I think um, I was reading it somewhere or something. They're basically saying, you know, he was an angel of God essentially in the same way that Lucifer was. And mm. turned the same way that Lucifer did. It's a, similar to like, I guess the oh, devil. Of course. Yeah, but I don't really mm. get the logistics of it all. How all that blood get it in that crucifix? No one knows. But you know, we'll never know. Visceral fever dream. I'm in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's provocative. Um, 
I was curious about the differences between the book and the movie too. So I had a look into that. Well, yeah. Doesn't seem to be huge differences. There's some fundamental things where the book apparently I think was written uh, through um, letters and diary entries and newspaper clippings and stuff. So it's it's kind of like one of the OG found footage type mm. formats. So the movie obviously doesn't do that. But the movie does, I think like when you hear voiceovers and diary entries being read out, I think that's essentially from the book. So you could look at this film as the events that captured the writings that became the book, I guess, theoretically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no love story in the book, I don't think. So I think he just goes to London to eat some people. Um, oh. But again, but, you know, if 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 it's all based on articles and diary entries and stuff, maybe that just didn't get captured because, you know, Keanu didn't see what happened 400 years ago or whatever. So... I don't know. It kind of works. Apparently Lucy eats a lot of babies though too in the book. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, there's a bit of a baby eating thing happening, isn't there? <laughs> it's hardcore. And some of Keanu's best acting when he sees that poor baby get in. It's hard not to <laughs> laugh at that, man. <laughs> it's, it's fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. It didn't hit me as much as I'd think a baby getting eaten would. Yeah, because everything's already so extreme, I guess. It's, hey. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. You've set the tone of absurdity. Yeah, it's like, yeah, of course they're eating. By that point, you're like, yeah, of course they would. Fucking savages. <laughs> I don't see the point of eating a baby. Is it nicer blood? It's the I volume. Mean, it's just, I was thinking that too. Is it more potent? You want something? You want something bigger? Yeah, I want volume. Give me the give me the biggest human on the menu. Mm. Mm. I guess we eat lamb. Fuck, Greg. It's very astute on your part. Fucking good point. Very astute. <laughs> That's a really good point. <laughs> we are, we're just as bad as vampires, Greg. Yeah, and le- less sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to be as sexy as a vampire. Oh, what about Van Damme as a vampire? I'd be down with that. Hmm. Well, he has he has got experience as a stowaway. Keep going. <laughs> That's true. You know, um, uh, 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 Nicholas Coppola, aka Nicholas Cage, is about to play Dracula in a film called Renfield. So, uh, uh, Tom Waits' character, Renfield. Oh yeah, getting his own getting his own movie, but it's some someone else playing him. But in in that movie, Dracula is fucking Cage, man. Oh, it's, and it's this a beautiful is intriguing. Casting. Yeah. That's Very nice. Very intriguing. Who's Renfield? The trailer just came out. Um, that guy, ah, that English actor, he was a weird-looking kid from about a boy that grew up to be a handsome kid from oh, Skins. Yeah. yeah, that guy. Isn't he been yeah. in another vampire movie? He was a zombie in something. Oh. But, yeah, it doesn't seem too – it seems to be around this territory a bit. I just watched The Menu too. He's in that. That's a good movie. You watched The Menu? Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt. I haven't seen it yet. Nicholas Holt, that man, that's the guy. Yeah, yeah, he's kicked on, hasn't he? Yeah. Wait, so circling back to Keanu, what's 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 your read on this? Are you like ultimately cool with it, or are you like, man, it brings it down a notch? I don't know. How, how do you feel about it? Uh, in the context of this wacky thing, yeah. I don't think it's a deal breaker. I think there's apparently there's a Carol was saying there's a bit of a um, a bit of a zeitgeist on. 
this being a perfect vampire movie except for him. And I'm like, well, I don't That's kind of what I thought going into it. Yeah. I thought it was okay. Like I think him I've being a wooden a spot. Yeah. He sort of represents sensibility and normal. So him being wooden, I don't know, against all that crazy over the yeah. top horniness kind of works. I agree, man. I agree. Cause, and it kind of works in the fever dream of it all. Like, what's Keanu doing here? I don't know. And when he when he regroups with that ragtag crew of idiots, <laughs> like it's adorable. It's like yeah. he just adds more more flavor to that pot. I'm <laughs> like fine with it. fucking great. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay, that's really interesting. Because, yeah, yeah, going into it, I was probably similar to yeah. what Carol said. I was like, oh, okay, so that's probably going to be the worst part of this. And it was initially. Initially I was like, oh, here we go. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, and Ara, yeah. Ara had some trouble processing it. But then, yeah, by a certain point I'm in and I don't really care. And I can't say it's objectively good or anything, but all, some of all these parts come together to create this real fucking wacky number. <laughs> if he was front and centre for the whole film, maybe it would have been an issue. Yeah, yeah, true. Because he's an idiot. Like they're idiots. And it's so it's not like he's meant to be, yeah. It just kind of suits the character because he's kind of slow. And, yeah, yeah, it works. He's a bit naive to the world. Yeah, he was trying his darndest. Apparently, Coppola said um, yeah. Reeves worked harder on his accent than most people realize. He said he tried so hard that was the problem. Actually, he wanted to do it perfectly, and in trying to do it perfectly, he came off as stilted. I tried to uh, I tried to get him to just relax with it and and not do it so fastidiously. So maybe I wasn't as critical of him, but that's because I like him personally so much. To this day, he's a prince in my eyes. So there you have yeah. it. He works hard and he's a prince to boot. Second he sounds boot. like he sounds like he he's Bill Esquire when he goes back in time to save the. The princesses, but then if he stayed there for a bit longer and picked up an accent, yeah, man. Well, I was thinking he sounds on this. a bit like Bill and Ted. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, he can't he can't shake it. Like he has. It's really interesting because it, it's it's like the difference between accent and just your voice or something or your mannerisms or I don't know. But he doesn't translate. Like he has to be from California. <laughs> like he has to be just mm. that guy. He he's had such a weird career too because. It's like he's gone through these micro cycles of like completely doubted out and then comebacks. They're always comebacks. Like I remember even as a kid, Speed was a comeback basically after this because he made this. Right after this he went and did Much Ado About Nothing, Shakespeare, Don John the Bastard. And, (laughs) you know. How's his accent in that? It's the same thing. (laughs) Although he's kind of better because he's Don John the Bastard so he's kind of a dick and he's got a beard and it kind of works. But – Accent he wise, we're in the same territory. Actually, he's yeah, got a beard, John Wick, his old he? beard now. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I was young, yeah. I thought he had a weak beard, but now as an adult with a weak beard, I think he's got a decent beard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I get that. But I think it like took him a while. Like I, the, I think speed, speed. Well, yeah, the beard, but also just to find his thing, his territory. Not that he's a one-trick pony, but he definitely has a zone where he thrives. Like mm. from Johnny Utah to John Wick, you know, the John zone, John's. I suppose. Yeah, the yeah. Johns. What's his name in this? Um, Jonathan. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> well, this was the wrong, yeah, Johns, not Jonathan's. This yeah, is what we've got, learned. Yeah, not Jono, yeah, yeah. not Johnny, John. And I think, 
I think that's totally fine that he can't do everything. Because I was thinking it's, it's basically the equivalent. Like him playing this role is the equivalent of like Hugh Grant playing Johnny Utah. It, that's not going to work. It's it, He's just so English. He's always going to be English, mm. Hugh Grant. And, and Keanu is always going to be <laughs> Keanu. I know Kung Fu. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, it can't be cut any other way, unfortunately. Um, so why is he always called John? <laughs> the definitive <laughs> ranking of all Keanu Reeves characters named John. Did you uh, just Google that? I have. Johnny Mnemonic. Shit, Jonathan, that's weird. Jonathan Harker's ranked number eight. John Hall. John Wall Wait. was from Generation Um. This is an article that exists. Don John from Much Ado About Nothing. John Rain from Rain. Johnny Mnemonic we obviously talked about. Fuck, I even said Don John the Bastard and I didn't even make that. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking weird. Constantine was John Constantine, Johnny Utah, and John Wick. What the fuck? And they're all iconic names. I mean, a lot of them are. And there's three John Wicks, so, you know, times three. That's weird. Loves a John. (laughs) That was a fun one to yeah, stumble upon. Uh, yeah, John Wick. Fuck. We just out, out, outstuded ourselves. Outstuded? I think so. <laughs> Very outstood on our part. Damn. Oh, and he plays Johnny Silverhand in a video game, Cyberpunk. <laughs> <Loves laughs> Have you it. played Cyberpunk yet? I haven't, no. I don't know if it's good yet. It's one of those games that got released before it was finished and it's been shit. Johnny Neo. What's Neo's real name? Mr. Anderson. Hmm. Mr. Anderson. Johnny Anderson? It's probably Johnny Anderson. We'll That's never know. Well, we'll never know. Yeah. Should we get into the verdict? Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Huh? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Ah, does anything about this movie fundamentally break in the harsh light of 2022? Or 23, I should say. Not really. It has. Mm. I mean, we talk about this all the time, don't we, Greg? When it's a period film, Mm. it gives it some a bit of armor against outdatedness in a lot of ways. Um, period film based on a, f- a book written a hundred years earlier. Mm. So it kind of gets a free pass for any sexism and I mean the repressed sexuality of these fucking babes <laughs> reading the Kama Sutra and whatnot. Uh, you know, you could argue there's some weird outdated gender roles happening here, but it's fucking 19th century. No, when, when is this set? <laughs> it's not the nineties. <laughs> that's for sure. Ninth end of the 19th century. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Um, FX test. Huge. Yeah, man. Fucking great. <laughs> I fucking love mm-hmm. it. But, well, I, didn't really, I just monologued on that. I never really asked you how you felt about it. Did you like the special effects? I loved it. Yeah, cool. Good answer. Because <laughs> 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 if you didn't. <laughs> I, would have, I, I would have interjected if I had trouble, if I had trouble with it. It was all, it, it, it's all formed part of the vibe. It's cohesive. I think that's the thing, right? It's it's going for a certain thing and it just adds to it. Like if you did those special effects in another film, it might look weird and out of place, mm. but it all – because it's not even like half of them were even realistic at all. It's just surreal and mm. odd. Mm-hmm. Um, and I fucking love it. Bechdel you test. Like it? <laughs> I fucking love it, man. I love it. <laughs> I mean I, I like this in more of a wild card way. Like I, I wouldn't put it in my 
top five or top ten, but I just mm. I feel like I will always have time to revisit this film. Um, Bechdel test. I mean, all they really talk about is other boys, but can you blame them? Um, <laughs> Ray Spectel, I mean, they're all white, but we've got a variety of accents. Um, <laughs> and there's beasts. There are beasts. It's, it's inter. Yeah. That's not race, that's genome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. a no. I have to be a no. It's a no. It? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a no. It's a firm no. It's a firm no. Not Did even Simpsons Bandana do it. Saved it. Yeah. Simpsons did do it, right? There's, there's the Mr. Yeah. Burns is Dracula. At Super some point. fun, happy slide. Well, if it isn't my good friends, the uh, Simpson family, master. Simpson, eh? Excellent. Dad, do you notice anything strange? Yeah, his hairdo looks so queer. I heard that. It was a boy. It's basically this. <laughs> was that a? Was that a Halloween episode? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. You can't place it. It's I I can see it in my head, but I can't think of the plot. I can just uh, see there's like some. It's shots. the beginning. Is a sh- you know it's a sh- they're all three parts or whatever. So it's just um the he gets we why did we get invited to dinner at <laughs> Burns's house at Pennsylvania and then they go in. I recall. Yeah. Super fun happy slide porn parody. Oh man! Apparently, I was reading the Wikipedia page. And on, on Bram Stoker's Bram Dracula. Stroker. <laughs> well, I was reading the Wikipedia page on the book and um it had a whole it had a whole section on legacy. Hang on, let me find it. Where's the book? It had a whole section on legacy and porn was a whole category within legacy. Mm. So funny. Oh, I can't find it now. But there's apparently there's a lot of porn with Dracula in it. So there you have it. It passes that test. I mean, we're passing with flying colours over here. Well, except for the race and, and gender stuff, but there you go. Um, yeah. Overall thoughts, I mean, it's a rewatch for me. I don't know about you, Greg. How do you feel? Yeah, of course. Get around yeah. it. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. I mean, you've uh, been, you, you're in a couple of zone right now, right? You've been watching The Godfathers and stuff. Yeah. they're. All, Are you an Apocalypse like, Now man? I sure am. Yeah. That's an yeah. awesome movie. That's all time. It's good. It is good. For many reasons. I we'll look forward to doing it. Yeah, this guy's done some things, hasn't he? Um, Damn. Yeah, uh, this is definitely a rewatch. Yeah. MVP? Man, I don't know. I sort of struggled with this a little bit. Um, Keanu. <laughs> probably not Keanu. Um, <laughs> low key, I was probably Tom Waits. I thought he was uh, yeah. pretty great as Crazy Renfield. And then I thought, like, Gary Oldman's pretty great as old. Dracky, but I didn't like young Dracky. Oh, interesting. Just, yeah, it's just found him a bit weird. Um, and it wasn't very believable <laughs> that he could pull Winona. Um, That's what Ara said too. She was like, this casting's weird because isn't he way older? I looked it up. He was only like 10 years older. Well, still is to this day, I suppose. Mm, um, mm. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I agree. There's some weird chemistry no, no thing offense, that's not quite vibing Gary. there. Um, but he is my MVP. I gave it to Top Gun actor yeah. Gary. I did like just, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, yeah, he was good too. I like Van Helsing. Yeah. I, I gave know. my low key to uh, the boys. <laughs> <laughs> the boys. Good on, on you, fellas. <laughs> oh, I love so those guys. Funny. Fucking idiots. They, they won. They won. The idiots they won. Didn't. The idiots always yeah. win. But one of them died. Spoiler oh, God. I can't even remember. Oh, so good. Yeah, idiots always win. It's true. That's the lesson in that. 
Yeah. Uh, well, next week we're doing another vampire movie. Uh, yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, Huge legacy on that one. That's right. We're endeavouring to sort of change tempo because some of these are on the heavier variety, such as this and yeah. interview, and then some of the uh, more uh, humorous. Poppy. Yeah. Bubble gummy. Yeah. So by next week we might know what our fifth is going to be. So mm. have, have your say, people. Have your say. Have your say. And until then, leave a review. Follow yeah. us on Instagram if you want to vote, fellas, mm, mm. ladies. Get out there. Mm, mm, you got to be in it to win it. Every vote counts. Yeah. And in the meantime, you got to also take care of yourselves and each other, you know. That's true. Very astute. said this before you know uh, you know even even if it's not a great Coppola movie then it's better than most people's best he is a very compassionate and generous director and gives you a very big playground to you know do your thing do your thing you know which is uh, which is rare you know um, he gave me uh, enormous room to to you know play with this one. You had a very big playground on this one. Yeah. Is it like nice to have a role where you can be so out there? Yeah. Yeah. Especially something like this. Especially playing a vampire. You know, it's four hundred years old. I mean, who's gonna who's gonna you know? Hey, you know, your character wouldn't do that. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, you know. <laughs> When did you die and come back to life? You know, mm-hmm. it's a just a. It's so it's so huge, you know. Um, and I had fun. I think I look like I'm having fun. <laughs>